to you. You speak, Lord. You speak. For your servant hearers, and whatever you say from your word, everything will pass away, but your word will never, never pass away. And so, Father, you speak to us this morning so that the word of God will end and land up on good soil. Good soil. So, Father, I commit myself once again to the Lordship of Jesus Christ over my life and declare that this church belongs to you. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We worship you. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And of course, people say aloud. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Amen. Whoa. Thank you so much. You're so awesome. Come on, turn around to someone before you sit down and say, I'm so glad to see you here this morning. So good to worship the Lord together. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is our third service. We are having another service at 2.30 and we have had already two wonderful, awesome services when Pastor Gilbert shared on no neutral ground. And I would encourage you to go and listen to the YouTube and the podcast when it comes out sometime by the middle of this week. Okay, so I'll be doing today uh, Matthew chapter 12, and you're wondering why is it that we go stun? In other words, last week, Pastor Li Chu and Wai Yan did Matthew 13. All right? The reason is because Matthew 12 is about something so spiritual, very, very spiritual, that we thought it would be very appropriate that we deal with it immediately after the Ranau rally. So that's the reason why we did Matthew 13 first last week and we're doing Matthew 12 today. And I'll be sharing on a message entitled How to be victorious as the disciple of Jesus Christ and stay victorious. In other words, we don't live a yo-yo Christian life that one day we are up, next day we are down, one week we are victorious, then we get defeated again. So how do we sustain our victory? How do we live a victorious Christian life as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because the whole book of Matthew, as we began sometime early this year, is actually a manual of discipleship. So how do we live a victorious Christian life and very important, stay victorious. So, Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 to verse 45. Pastor Gilbert did Matthew 12, verse... can't remember the verse. 22 to 30. That's right. Brief, before that, all right? 22 to 30. So, we're taking the latter portion of Matthew chapter 12. And being a very kind-hearted and considerate pastor, this is it. I know many of you didn't bring your Bible, but you should, you know. You should. You should always bring your Bible with you to church. It's like going fishing without bringing a fishing rod. Matthew 12, verse 38 to verse 45. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, 
we want to see a sign from you. And Jesus answered, a wicked and adulterous generation ask for a sign, exclamation mark. But none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What is the sign of Jonah? For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, incidentally, uh, Jonah is real, you know. Because Jesus said so, right? If Jesus said, Jonah is real, Jonah is real, huh? So the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South, the Queen of Sheba, will rise at a judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came with from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now a greater than Solomon is here. Who is he referring to? When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. And then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it, uh, not he or she, because it's asexual. Evil spirits are asexual. It finds a house unoccupied, swept clean, put in order, and then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And Jesus says, the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. We stop there for a while. How do we live a victorious Christian life and stay victorious? You must have four convictions based on this passage of Scripture. The first conviction is this. You must be convicted of the spirit realm. In other words, the spiritual realm is real. It is not enough just to come to church once a week, sing some songs of worship, hear a sermon, and go back and live the rest of our lives in the week as if Jesus and the spiritual realm never existed. Why? Because our feet is on the earth. Ma. So we eat, we do all kinds of things, we work, and then we come back to church again, become spiritual again, and go back Monday, no more spirituality. Not like that. Not like that. That's why we live a defeated life from Monday to Friday because we are convinced that, and yet not convinced enough, that we are spiritual. Now, 
I must be very careful what I say. I'm not asking you to be spooky or hyper-spiritual. I'm not asking every or any one of us to be superstitious. No, I'm asking you to be spiritual. Being spiritual doesn't mean you must be superstitious. Superstitious is what? Oh, you're so scared of everything that you're paralyzed. You see demons everywhere. Don't do that. Essentially, we are spiritual beings trapped in a finite physical body and not merely physical beings who happen to have a spirit that comes and be fed two hours a week. That's it. No. Essentially, you and I are actually spiritual beings that in this lifetime are trapped in a finite physical body and not essentially a physical being who just happens to have a spirit. How do I know that? I've been to so many wake services. You know, Ever since I became a pastor, full-time pastor in 1999, you know how many hundreds and hundreds of wake services I have been. And every time, same incident. The friend that I know is in the casket. Lifeless. No spirit. Where did the spirit go? Is it gone? Forever? Is it eradicated? Is it destroyed? No. During our lifetime, that spirit, that soul is trapped in this physical body. And in our lifespan, it ends. But the spirit still lives. The question is, where? We must be convinced that the spiritual realm is very real if we are to live a victorious Christian life. You see, in order to understand what Jesus is saying, we have to put on a spiritual lens if we try and look at it from the physical understanding, you will say, yeah, all rubbish. That's what the devil wants you to believe. It is not rubbish. So if you and I now begin to understand with our spirit, which is born again and alive, everything I'm going to share with you in a short while, you begin to grasp that Really, we are spiritual beings that we need to feed our spirit, build up our spirit strong so that we can now live from Monday to Friday victoriously. That's how we live a victorious Christian life. If not, 
The moment you finish this service, go back again. Jesus, you have left behind. Everything you left behind and you have lived a defeated life. Wow. That's why we are so frustrated because we underplay and underestimate the spirit realm and we relegate it to a footnote. It is not important. And now I'm not saying the physical is not important. By all means, pander to your body, go and do your nails and go and do your massage. By all means, that's what Pastor Dichu does every, every Monday <laughs> to chill. You know, by all means, pander to your body. But don't forget your spirit. Build up your spirit, man. Intentionally. It doesn't come automatic. And how do you live a Christian life? You have to be convicted of this. If not, nothing happens. You know, um, a lot of our messages are very spiritual. And I remembered when I was, uh, we, Pastor Lichu was speaking of a wonderful message in SMCC. And after that, I, I went to the toilet, you know. And then uh, and I was being, and then there was this guy that came next to me. I don't know who he, wa- who he was. And he turned to me and he said, do you know Pastor, Li- Pastor Chu? <laughs> turned to me. <laughs> you know Pastor Chu? You know what? Uh, he said, wow, very profound. Everything that Pastor Li Chu has spoken just now, we have to understand it spiritually. You know, uh, toilet theology are very profound one, no? <laughs> Sometimes it's more profound than what we taught in Bible school. Absolutely right. It is spiritual. So when Jesus says, you ask for a miraculous sign, no more miraculous sign other than a sign of Jonah. It is spiritual. When Jesus says, when when a strong man comes and overpower this, and then you don't fill up again, the evil spirit, it, now goes somewhere and takes seven stronger spirits to come. It is spiritual. So don't superficialize it. How real is it to you? We always say this, that we are in this world, but we are not of this world. That is very common, very cliche, but very true. 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years is nothing but a parenthesis in an eternal timeline. It's a bracket. It is that line that we engrave on the tombstone. 1946 to 2030. That dash represents everything in your life. But it doesn't end there. Hear me, hear me very well. 
we have to live our lives literally in the understanding that our spirit matters more than our physical. And when we build up our spirit man, look at life and things from another angle, same time enjoying our food and our pleasure, by all means do that. But don't relegate your spirit to only two hours every week. No wonder we live a defeated life. No wonder. So how do you live a victorious Christian life and stay victorious when you and I deliberately, intentionally build up our spirit man? You see, Nowhere is this real than the last one week when we were in Ranau. You see, when, when we were there, for both nights, about together 12,000 people came together. The presence of God was so real. I always say that the best master class of discipleship, which I'm going to share next week, on Jesus' master class of discipleship in the feeding of the 5,000 in the first and second service, is a master class of discipleship. It's best learned in the field, not in the church. In the church, we hear sermons. But the best master class of discipleship is actually learned inside on site. Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, on site. And what happened in Ranau was that the 175 of us, when we were there, I was so, so proud of our people because it's not only the presence of God and all the kind of things we hear, but they were able to minister. First night, second night, these are our people. Praying for the sick. Praying for the sick. And many people were saying, and I was so the stats as we counted and counted, there were 295 people who were sick when they be prayed for, and out of these, 176 were healed. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. But you say, are you a pastor, true or not? Of course it is true. Of course it is true. And we saw literally so many th things. Of course, there are simple ones like here, egg, that egg, which is fine. But we saw a lady walking out of a wheelchair. We saw a deaf lady hearing. Come on. Is this true? Wait, true enough to make the husband cry, right? True enough to make the husband cry, right? When you see the wife walking. You say, it is true or not. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. You see, you ask for a miracle, miracle after miracle, you still don't believe. No more. See? Why? Jesus said, you ask for blessing, ma. I bless you. Where are you now? You ask for healing, ma. I heal you. Where are you now? You ask for straight A's for your children, ma. Go straight A's. Where are you now? Miracle after miracle. 
No more. Except the sign of Jonah. You see, that's what the Lord says. We still don't believe that the spirit realm is real. Why? You look at the context. Early part of Matthew chapter 12, Pastor Gilbert touched on it. A deaf and a dumb, a mute man was totally healed. They question, is this by Beelzebub? And now, Jesus, show me more miracles. Jesus understood the heart of man. No more miracle signs because you are unbelief generation. My prayer, when I share this, look, I'm not a stupid man. Neither is Pastor Lee Chiu a stupid woman. When I see someone healed, when I see lies delivered, do you know during the rally, you know how many people were delivered? Shriek! They come and then the deliverance tent was so pandemonium. Is it real? Or is it, are they bluffing? Listen. How you view the spirit realm, what impact significance you attach to it from Monday to Friday will determine whether you will live a victorious Christian life or a defeated one. Why? Because you don't think that the spirit realm is real. The devil has a heyday in your life, in your family, in your work. Because you're careless with your life. And many of you even delve in the occult. That's disastrous. Very important. You must recognize that the spirit man is real. These are some pictures I'm going to show you, right? And, and, and this, is, this is the woman that was healed. Just walked up. And this is the husband. The husband. Simple folks, you know. Just lay the hands because we have the presence of Jesus. Ma. We carry the same authority. No need Pastor Zaga. No need Pastor Church. No need one. You have the same authority. Look, so when you go back to your office next week and some of your office mates are not well, pray. La. Don't, okay, wait, 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 okay, Pastor Church, come. Don't do that. You can do it, understand? So do it. You carry the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, spirit of Jesus lives inside you. You have the same authority. Pray lah. The worst thing happen is the guy is not healed. So what? Exercise your authority. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 to verse 38. But you say, Pastor, yeah, I dare not. Uh, I dare not. Uh. Look, you are I are covered by the blood of Jesus. Nothing will happen to you, one. You you want to live in victory, ma? Right? When if God is with you, nothing can be against you. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. Come on, read with me. Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-seven to thirty-nine. Read out loud. Can you do that? And believe it. All right. Shall we do that loud with conviction? Front to back, left to right, top to bottom. Are you ready? One, two, three. No. 
For I'm convinced, nor life, neither angels nor demons, the present nor the future, no. Come on, let's give our tribe offering, you believe it? Whoa! That's how you live a victorious Christian life, with the heightened awareness that the spirit realm is real. And if God is for us, nobody can be against us. You know, I was so, so encouraged yesterday in our early morning dawn prayer. You know, the MPH was filled. You know what we did? After the run-out rally, we did one thing, extol and exalt the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. No need any more theology one. Just exalt the name of Jesus because, now this is my second thing, the second conviction that you must have, and I want you to examine your conviction this week, uh, this sermon. Why? Because it's all there. How real and relevant is Jesus Christ in your life? Think. Is he merely something or someone that we sing of and about and worship for two hours on a Sunday? And then the rest of our days, we live as if he doesn't even exist. You tell me. Because upon this conviction, you will want to live your life to honour and please Jesus. Why? Because he's real, ma. So I want you to realise and recognise that even as I speak, Jesus Christ is as real as the person sitting next to you. Unless the person sitting next to you is not real. Huh? <laughs> Can I repeat that? You must live your life with the relevance and reality of Jesus Christ in your life as real as a person to your left and to the right of you right now. If not, everything that we say on a Sunday is fiction to you. That's why you live a defeated life. That's why the devil comes in and wreck havoc. Jesus is not real, ma. Oh, Jesus is only real because... Yeah, he died for me. I'm safe in heaven. Look, the fact that you have Jesus Christ in your life to guarantee your salvation doesn't mean that you live a victorious Christian life. Believe me. Believe me. In fact, many of you have lives that you're given access to the evil one to take over your family and your business. But you say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, ma. Ha, it's true. But you also open your life, you see? That's why Jesus says, if you don't, 
It's a remove and replace principle. If you don't occupy your life with the things of God, it's clean. You give access and occupy your things which are not of God. Seven spirits stronger will come in. Pastor, I don't believe it. Up to you, Lord. Because this is what Jesus says, ma. I was speaking to the SDLs and the ZLs of Pastor Susie's district and Pastor Gilbert's district yesterday morning after the early morning prayer. I asked them one question. As leaders, uh, more than anybody else, how real and relevant and true is eternal life to you? And I ask you the same question. How real is eternity to you? Is this life, this all? You think. That's why the guy who went to the toilet was absolutely right. You know? Pastor, we can only understand all this if we view it in the perspective of eternity. How real is eternal life to you? Because everything that Jesus says is in the context of eternity, not here. That's it. How do you live a victorious Christian life? When you and I know and are 110% convinced that whatever we do in this life matters for eternity, and you don't waste your time, worse still, squander it, abuse your body, chasing after useless things. Why? Because eternity is not real to you. You just got a passport to heaven. But when you view all of these things as true, real, and relevant, you will live differently. Again, I repeat, it's not being superstitious or being spooky. Am I spooky? <laughs> Look, if you entertain me to a good plate of fried chow kway teow, uh, I will love it. But not now, I'm on 40 days. <laughs> After it. You know, I'm, very, I'm very, a bit concerned about my wife now. Look, she's already so small. Like she's getting smaller and smaller. She's shrinking before my eyes. Because she, she doesn't eat, she just drinks. For 40 days, she just drinks. Now, why? Are we being spooky? No. I want to draw close to God. Jesus is real in my life. I want to hear from Him. I want to experience him firsthand. How real is he to you? So when Jesus says, there is no sign except the sign of the prophet Jonah, what is the sign of the prophet Jonah? It's this. Jonah spent three days, three nights in the belly of a fish. But Jonah died. 
and was resurrected, he lived to die again. Jesus, when he said there's no sign as a sign of the prophet Jonah, he is now comparing himself to what happened in history. That means he spent three days and three nights in a borrowed tomb. Jesus died, was, but the difference is he has conquered death and he is alive today. This is the sign of the prophet Jonah. That's why he said, but a greater than Jonah is here. Why? Jonah died, ma. Resurrected, ma. Died again, ma. But a greater than Jonah is here. Why? Because Jesus died, resurrected, and he's still alive today. Come on, let's give God a clap offering. Amen. A greater than Jonah is here. And then he said this, ha, huh? the nation of Nineveh repented. Even though Jesus was not there, but now, a greater than Jonah is here. And yet, you don't repent. Therefore, the people of Nineveh will rise up on the last day and judge you. They repented. You didn't repent. And you take it as if it is seer, seer, sahaja. That's what Jesus says. In the last days, talking about the nation of Israel, talking about us, a greater than Jonah is here, and you don't take it seriously? Whereas in the Nineveh, entire city repented men, and they were pagans. What about you? Because we think he's not relevant, you see. A footnote. Something that we come to, someone that we ask for blessing, 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 blessing. And the worst thing is we give and remember him. So Jesus says, no more. No more miraculous signs for you except the sign of Jonah. What is the sign of Jonah? It's a sign of Jonah. It's the fact that you must be convinced that Jesus Christ died for you, Jesus Christ is alive today, and He is here every day with you. You know, in the, in the early church, the triumphal cry of the early church was not, we are strong. It's not, we are blessed. It's not even, we are victorious, or we are good. The triumphal cry of the early church was, Jesus Christ is risen. He is alive. That's why they didn't go through the lions and the fire. What is your cry? Has to be that Jesus Christ has risen and is alive. That's why they can turn the world upside. No, right side up. <laughs> Not upside down, right side up. The world is upside down. You turn the world right side up. If you want to live a life who is victorious, right side up, you must be convinced that Jesus Christ is alive. If not, waste time. You won't live your life. You will live your life dishonouring Him, doing rubbishy things, because He's only real on the weekend. So how real is Jesus Christ? The Queen of Sheba, when He came at 1 Kings chapter 10, 
He saw the wisdom on the wells of Solomon. He came back and went back to Ethiopia. The moment she went back, she says, my eyes have seen something, but the, but the half has not been told. What is the half? The half is Jesus. Why? Because a greater and a wiser than Solomon is here. If the Queen of Sheba recognize the wisdom of Solomon, how come you don't recognize the wisdom of Jesus? You go to guru this, you go do that and ask for advice. Why do you turn to God first? Why? Because a wiser and a greater than Solomon is here. How real is Jesus to you? You tell me. Upon that conviction, you will live a victorious Christian life. Very important. That's why Jesus says this, the men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented, but you didn't repent. Uh, let, let, Let me quote William Hendrickson. He says this, a less enlightened people obeyed less enlightened preaching, but a more enlightened people refused to obey the light of the world. Does it make sense? That's why the people of Nineveh will judge us. So if God asks you to repent, uh, repent. If God points out to you something in your life that is not right, don't continue to do it. You answer that question, my friend. You answer that question yourself. Paul says this. I read, read, read with me. Okay? Galatians 2 20, read with me. Will you do that, my, my friend? Will you do that? Okay? Left to right, front to back, top to bottom. One, two, three. I have been crucified with Christ. You have to live your life for the Lord as if there's nothing else to live for except for Jesus. The life I now live, I live for Jesus. You will live a victorious Christian life. Not being spooky, not being superstitious, but being very real. Read Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, 24 with me. Are you ready? One, two, three, loud. Work at it with all your heart as working not for human masters that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord in your workplace. Do it for the Lord. You don't serve a human master. Whatever your business is, whatever you are doing, you are serving the Lord with that kind of perspective 
that embraces you, that propels you, that drives you, you will live a life because you do not want to do anything that displeases the Lord, you see. He is the center of it all. And upon this conviction will decide whether you continue to live a defeated life or live a life of victory. Third conviction, very important. You say to me, Pastor, it's okay. Ha, it is not okay. Why? This is where Pastor Gilbert got it right. You see, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There are no neutral ground. You say to me, Pastor, you, you do, you're the pastor. For me, I'm very confident, I'm very comforted. I don't want to get involved. No such thing. Jesus says in verse 30 of Matthew chapter 12, He who is not with me is against me. He who do not gather scatters. And Pastor Gilbert quoted the message version. This is war. There is no neutral ground. You cannot tell me. But Pastor, then I don't want to become a Christian. No, no such thing. There are two camps. Whether you're a Christian or not Christian. The fact that you're a Christian gives you the instrument to overcome. Uh, you have the ability to overcome uh, because greater is he that's in you, you see. The reason why you and I are safe in the Lord is because the blood of Jesus Christ is more powerful. You see, you have now the ability and the resource to overcome the evil one in your life, in your family. If not, you're overpowered. And death is the end for you. You see, the cry of triumph of the early church is Jesus is risen. He has conquered death. The final enemy is conquered. So it's no question, I don't want to become a Christian. What? How real is eternal life to you? How real is it to you? That's the, that is the crux of the matter. I use the word convict. That uh, you must be convicted of it. If not, other convictions will come in. Believe me. Absolutely believe me. How do I know that evil spirits are real? Jesus says so. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through every places seeking rest and does not find it. Then the evil spirit says, I will now return to the house. Which house? Physical house? This house. You have kept it clean, ma. You swept it clean, ma. Your sins are forgiven once and for all, you think, and therefore you can do anything you want after that, right? Wrong. Why? Because it says... If the evil spirit comes back and finds it unoccupied, it doesn't affect your salvation. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm talking about living a victorious Christian life. Not 
nothing will take you from the Father's hand. Your name is still written in the book of life. You are saved. But you go through 70, 80 years of your life growling in defeat, in sickness. Your children are wayward. Everything you earn, big hole in your pocket. And you work like mad. You're not happy. There's no rested spirit. What kind of life is this? But you are still saved, you see. Because your room is clean, but it is not filled. It's a world of difference between a clean room and a filled room. What is your house or your room occupied with? Will determine whether you live a victorious Christian life or a defeated one. The key is this. Not only empty yourself of the past, whatever it is, but now you have to intentionally fill yourself, your home, your family, your business, your mind, your soul, your emotions with the things of God. Why? Because it builds you up, you see. It feeds your spirit man as much as you feed your physical body. Don't you think you feed your spiritual body? That's why your physical, your spiritual body is so weak, so starved. And the evil one comes, wreak havoc with your family. But you are still saved by the skin of your teeth. Listen to me very carefully. Don't argue with me. Pastor, I don't believe you. Up to you, because Jesus said like that, I just expound it to you, right? Don't be like this. Very cleaner. But go song. Go song. Even if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, right? The moment you are safe. And He looks inside you, there's no word. No prayer life. Nothing. How to defeat the evil one? You're still saved. That's why the evil one overcome your family, make you depressed because there's nothing, no armor, no sword of the spirit, no substance inside of you. Being saved is not the same as living a victorious Christian life. It is not the same. So my prayer for you is this. In these 40 days of fast and prayer, they've got another 29 more days. Do it lah. You won't die one lah. Miss one meal lah. Miss one meal for one week lah. Miss one meal three days lah. You won't die one. Uh. But what it does is this. It, tells your in, it shows your intentionality to want to draw close to God. It shows your determination, focused attention, that you want to seek the face of God for your life, for your family, for your children, for your business. Hey, 
If you're not interested, okay, no? My advice for you is this. Do it. Fill yourself with the Word of God. Read chapters of Scripture. Build up your spirit man in the prayer altar. Every night we've got prayer altars. Do you know that? Every night we've got prayer altars 8 to, 8 to 10 from Tuesday to Friday. Tuesday to Friday only, ma. And then early morning, Saturday morning. Come. I don't know. No, when you come for a co- corporate prayer altar, even if your spirit is weak, uh, your spirit is lifted up with everybody, man. Let me show you the, the prayer altar we had, and it was outstanding. Oh, never mind. William Barclay says this. William Barclay, you know, a, a reformed theologian. Can you imagine say this? The lives of Christians must not only be sterilized from evil, they must be nurtured to become productive and fruitful. If one kind of spirit is banished from your life, another kind must be substituted for it. Life cannot remain empty one. Your life is not empty because it's filled with rubbish. It's filled with things of the world. No one thing, no time for God. See? Even if God wants to help you, you have nothing inside uh, because it's filled with things of the world. And you say, how come, uh, how come, uh, how come I live a defeated life? Uh? Come on. Are you serious or not? How real is Jesus to you? You tell me. Because the spirit realm is very real. One. You decide. John Oswald Sanders, another man of God, says this, it is not enough to repent and cast off evil spirits. Just purely negative. The house of our lives must be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about your body. The house of your life, the temple of the Holy Spirit, you must continue to feed that spirit. Build up your spirit, man. How, huh? You must constantly consecrate your life to God. Read the Word of God. Intentionally pray with your wife, with your spouse. Collectively come for prayer altars. What are we doing? We are helping you. We are helping each other. We must intentionally occupy our heart with prayer and gospel and always put Jesus first. Don't do anything to displease Him because He is real as real as a person sitting next to you. From Monday to Friday. There's a prayer altar on Tuesday. Of course, you are having training. Come. Be blessed. Pray. Build up your spirit, man. Believe me. That's why this passage of scripture, we waited for Pastor Gilbert and me to come back because I can't even convince you enough that it is real, my friend. You go out of this place, you think Pastor Lee Chu is telling me BS stories, uh, you get into trouble, I tell you that. That's why you live a defeated life. Because you don't think Jesus Christ is real. Let me finish. How to live a defeated, how to live a victorious Christian? Four convictions. Oh, I love this. 
The devil saw me with my head down and thought that he had won until I said, Amen. Amen. Everybody say, Amen. Amen. One more time, Amen. Amen. Yeah. So the devil thinks that he has won because your head is down, but actually you're praying, right? When you pray, God works and you win. The devil thought that he had won because I put my head down. I said, Amen. Don't only say amen only on a Sunday, ah, tell you. Ah. Say amen every day. And this is my fourth conviction. You see, the fourth conviction is, is a remove and a replace principle. Understand? You remove, move, 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 move. Cast, cast out, cast out, cast out. You have to fill it up with the things of God. And not only that, the false conviction you must have to live a victorious Christian life, you must now really want to prefer and pursue the perfect will of God for your life and for your family and for your work. How do I know that? Why? Because right at that moment when Jesus was, was preaching, the mother and the brothers came. So Jesus said this, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and her brother stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Hey, your mother and brother outside, wanting to speak to you. Now, Jesus said, who is my mother? Now, was he disrespectful? No. Why? Because Jesus respects his mother. At the cross, he told Apostle John, John, take care of my mom. Take care of my mom. That's why Apostle John died a natural death. 90 years old because God prolonged his life to take care of Jesus' mom. He was not disrespectful, but what is his point? He was still, he used that as a teaching curve, you know. He says, pointing to his disciples, here are my mother. Here, a thousand over of you, you are my brothers. Who are my brothers? If you do my will. That's how close you are. If you pursue the will of God, if you intentionally ask God for the perfect will of God for my work, for my life, for my business, for my career, no matter what the perfect is, and you pursue it and follow it, Jesus says, you are my brothers. You are my mother. And you can be guaranteed that you will live a victorious Christian life. Hear me well. Nothing better than to pursue the will of God. Understand? Let me close. I kind of have the worship team up. You must be convinced of the reality of the spirit realm. You must be convinced that Jesus Christ is alive, is real, in you and with you, and you will do everything to honor him and not to displease him. You must be convinced that evil spirits are real. They want to destroy you. You cannot give an inch of access to it, to it, huh? And fourthly, you must want to pursue the will of God. In 1999, I share with you my personal testimony and this are close. When I decided to go full-time, I was called before the entire board of Tongshin Hospital, 24 of them, Tato Stan Sri's, full board came because I was also the medical director of the hospital 
I remember this Tan Sri. He was a chief of the Paramount Group. He said to me, Doctor, why, why do you go full-time? Some of you have heard this story before. I said, I heard the call of God to become a pastor. What is this? Couldn't understand. Then he said, we talk about it. We give you a counter-proposal. All you need to do is you come three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Spend two hours, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sign papers, chair some meetings, and then as a medical director, and then go on and do your pastorship, and we will give you X amount of stipend. It was a huge amount. What do you say? He gave me only 10 seconds. And I say, Tansri, I still want to go full-time as a pastor. He put his arms around me. He says, Doctor, you are a fool. Straits Times in the year 2003, don't know how they heard it, and they took up this story, published in the Straits Times, you know. A fool for God. And I told myself, I'd rather be a fool for God than to be famous without Him. Do you know that? I far prefer to be a fool for God than to be famous without Him because I choose the perfect will of God for my life. What about you? You do it, my friend. You do it. I'm not... Don't want you to impress me. I don't want you to do anything if you're not willing to do it. Understand? You honour the Lord and you will live a victorious Christian life because you prefer and you pursue the will of God for you. I'm going to open the altar. I know time is going on. I just want to pray. Two categories of people. Three categories. Those of you who have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you come to my left. You have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Today, you want the Lord to come in so that whatever it is that has been troubling you is Banish. Why? Because the strong man, when you accept Jesus Christ, you're inviting the stronger man to come and expel it. You come on my left. Second category of people, for those of you who are in some kind of spiritual warfare, and you know it, and you know it, and you know it, in your home, sicknesses, accidents, depression, Something is not right in your business and you know it. You're hitting, hitting, hitting a cul-de-sac and you know it. It's spiritual. Something is happening to your children. You are here worshipping the Lord but your children is far away. That's spiritual, my friend. It is spiritual. Believe me, you have to come before God. Says God, I need the strong man to come. Overpower all of this so that I can love again, I can live again, I can laugh again. I'm going to open that altar for those of you in that category. Third category, for those of you who want to pursue the will of God for your life, and you know it, you are in a crossroads. No peace, no rest, and you know something is going to happen this year, and you don't know for your life, for your family, for husband and wife, I don't know, new career, I don't know. You come, and when you are coming, I want to believe that God will make it very clear to you in these next 30 days, understand? So three categories, salvation, spiritual warfare, whatever it is, struggling in your life, 
and you know that things are not right, you are a Christian. You come. Don't care who you are. And the third category for those of you who want to pursue the will of God. Nothing better to the walk in the perfect will of God for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Come, let's all stand. The altar is open. Let's believe that God will work because the word of God has been delivered and you begin to take the time, consecrate the next five, ten minutes before God. It will change your entire trajectory of your life. Believe me. Come on, let's sing the song. This is my desire to honor you. Amen. Hallelujah. Whoa. Come on. This is my desire. In the balcony, you can walk down. Don't just walk out, walk down. The power of God is here to overcome. The power of God is here to break bondages. The power of God is here. Hallelujah. For the sake of your family, for the sake of your children, we want to take back the land. We want to take back your territory, take back your home, take back your future, take back your relationships. Amen. Whoa. Oh, Lord, I give you my heart. Hallelujah. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Come on, sing it from the bottom of your heart to the Lord. Victory! 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 Breakthrough! Breakthrough! Bondages! Broken in Jesus' name. Curses! Broken in Jesus' name. Healing flow. Holders flow.
Hallelujah. Let the music play. Ushers, can you look back at the aisle? Don't only face here because can you help this group of people to come forward at the altar, at the aisle? Hallelujah. Come on, everybody, look to the Lord when you do that. Look to the Lord. We are not here to do any show or anything like that. Oh, look to the Lord. Whatever your issues may be, there's nothing impossible with God. Understand? Absolutely nothing impossible with God. Because He is the strongest man that will now overpower whatever evil force, the forces of darkness that is wreaking havoc in your personal life, in your marriage, in your business, in your health. Today, we're going to invite a stronger man to come. And the Lord will come in because you invited him. Will you do that, friend? Come, every one of you, in the closing stages of this morning, will you tell the Lord whatever your situation may be? Will you do that? Don't look at me, look to the Lord in the balcony as well. Come on, do that. Whatever your issue may be, it could be your children. It could be your marriage. It could be your business. It could be your career. It could be your health. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord, my friend. Look to the Lord. Just music continues to play in the background. Hallelujah, Jesus. Wow. There's an awesome presence of God here, you know that? There's an awesome presence of God. And there's no single prayer that has gone wasted. No single prayer. Every prayer is registered in the scrolls of heaven. And in His time, He will answer it for good and for God's glory. You will see you will see the salvation of the Lord in your situation. You will see the deliverance of the Lord over the situation that you just mentioned before God. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, Ramanda Listen, those of you in the front here, I understand that you may not be able, have anybody prayed for you because it's too many of you. Don't be disappointed. Okay, it's okay with you. Don't be disappointed huh? because God has heard your prayer. All right? You came to respond to God, not to man. So even though nobody has time to come to you, it doesn't matter huh? it's because you have answered the Lord's call. I want to believe that the Lord will be there for you, understand? 
So let me close in prayer. Oh, Raman, come. Let's stretch our hands to the Lord. Shall we do that? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. For those people who have come to the front and those people who have stayed there, there's too many. But in the sea of faces, everyone has a name written, engraved on the palm of your hands. And you look at that palm every day. The palm that was pierced by the cruel nails and the blood flowed. And right now, with the precious blood, the power of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, in which your name is written in the palms of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. The blood of Jesus Christ gives you the power to overcome. The power of Jesus Christ in His blood will now give you hope. And every evil spirit and demonic spirit that has troubled you, your family, your mind, your career, your work, banish in Jesus' name. Go. Go in Jesus' name. So that from this day forward, your house is clean. And now it's up to you now to fill it with the things of God. You fill it with the things of God. Pray. Read the Word. And as you begin to do that, God continues to work victory after victory after victory. And the forces of evil will be pushed away from your life, your health, your family, your work. Pushed away. Because you've sought the Lord and you took Him seriously. Oh, Just spend another minute before I close. Will you do that? Just another minute. Appropriate it, my friend. It's not fake. It's not fantasy. It's real. You take it. Take it home with you. Wow. Just spend another minute before God. Father, we bless you, Lord. Truly, your presence is in the house. We thank you. There's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Move on, my friend. Move on. Whatever it is that's been holding you back, lay it aside. Move on with God. And so the Lord bless you and keep you this day. The Lord make His face always to shine upon you and your family. Some of your children and your loved ones are not here with you, but wherever they are, because you pray, the Lord will be there with them and for them, understand? They will be safe. They will do well. One. Whether it be your children or whether it be your parents, they will be well. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you.
may the Lord make His face turn His face towards you, and always give you shalom, peace, shalom, peace, shalom. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Please live quietly.